Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hi, welcome everybody. My name is Lee Pooley. I'm the Director of Coaching and Qualifications at British Canoeing and thanks very much for joining the British Canoeing Awarding Coaching Podcast. As you probably know already that we are running a mini-series and the mini-series is all about delving into those experienced coaches and guides uh, and what do they carry in their buoyancy aid and what do they carry in their boat or on their craft and today we are absolutely delighted to be joined by Jenna Sanders. Uh, hi Jenna. Hello. Well thanks very much for joining and um, first of all I think it'd be really nice if you could just give us a bit of an overview of your um, of your experience as a canoeist because uh, that's what we're concentrating on today and, and a bit of your paddling background. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Lee. Really great to be here. So I am Jenna. I've been paddling for more than 20 years now. Started out a bit of uh, kayaking um, and then discovered canoes and, and absolutely fell in love with canoes um, in my kind of early 20s. I've been paddling uh, and coaching canoe for, for most of the time since and, and I've really enjoyed getting out uh, with all sorts of people, getting people into the environment and and really p- helping people to find a love for for the craft, but also for the places it can take you. Yeah. I, I really love getting, uh, for example, Duke of Edinburgh groups out into Scotland mm-hmm. so that they can see some real wilderness. And um, in terms of your canoeing, have you have you got a preference of white water, open water, sailing, poling? <laughs> Um, I absolutely I love open water and and it's only more recently that I think I've really found that that love it definitely requires some skill and it requires some effort as well um I've, I've loved white water for a long time but actually more recently I've been paddling open water probably more lovely so as you know we're going to delve into your buoyancy today what do you carry when you're when you're paddling coaching and leading so I guess start off with the basics. I've always got a knife in there, always got a whistle and a safety tape with a locking carabiner. And those those sort of things that just live in there pretty much permanently. And then my phone and my car keys in their waterproof cases go in. And I like to keep those on me so that if anything ever happens to my boat, I've got my way out. Mm. Um, and then after that, it depends on where I'm going. So okay. if I'm paddling white water, then I might well have some extra carabiners in there. Um, I'll definitely have my saw and I'll have it somewhere that's really, really accessible. And I might well have a bit of a mini pin kit as well. That might be my buoyancy aid, but more likely it's going to be on a waist belt with a throw line. There's a few little kind of nice to have bits in there as well. A lip balm, because we always need one of those when we're out and it's windy. And some zinc oxide tape. And it's just one of those things that a second somebody starts getting a little bit of a blister or a small cut or something on the hands that you can just really quickly get it taped up and get it uh, sorted. So there's no, there's none of that sort of, oh, it's going to take me a while to get my stuff out of my boat and to get my first aid kit out and I don't want to open it, you know. And actually when it's a tiny thing, it just gives you that impetus to sort it out really quickly. The other tiny thing I've got in my point said is a little tiny mini canoe, which a friend gave me, but it's brilliant. Um, it's a fridge magnet. But actually, it just lives in my buoyancy, Aidan, for just showing people kind of what I mean by trim or when I'm talking about boat angles, I can I can draw a little picture and stick my little canoe on it and uh, and it can really help people to understand what I'm trying to get at. Great. 
Jenna, you um you mentioned saw. Yeah. What sort of circumstances would you actually use your saw? And I'd imagine it's a folding saw that it goes into into a into itself. Yeah, so it's a folding saw. It's uh, it's actually a, a sort of a gardening bushcraft type saw. Mm-hmm. And I hope to never have to use it in anger. Um, but it's there in case I or anyone else gets pinned against a rock and stuck in our canoes. And the idea is that you can use it to cut the wood of the kneeling fort to get out, basically. So you mentioned, is there any differences when you might be on an open water setting then? Because, you know, a lot of that, I, you know, when I listened, I thought that was quite uh, centric to uh, our white water chat that we had with Georgina earlier on uh, in a white water environment. Uh, is there any differences of how you would, you know, pack your buoyancy aid for an, for an open water venue? So in open water, I probably have a little bit less in it, to be honest. I'm I'm more likely to have a snack in there and, and a bit of energy. Um, but other than that, what everything I tend to carry probably won't end up in my boat rather than on my buoyancy aid. Okay. Let's delve into your canoe. You know, for a lot of people, it's quite a large vessel um, and can carry quite a bit of substantial kit, can't it? You know, for over big long expeditions, um, also you know short journeys. So um, how would you set your boat up, and how would you, and what would you carry within your canoe in in different environments? So it very much depends on where I'm going, who I'm going with, how long I'm going there for, and what the weather's doing, and all the all the different factors that uh, that make decisions for you. But as a general rule, I'll try and have, for certainly for day trips, one big bag, um, and that's my one of my watershed backpacks because mm-hmm. they're really really good at staying dry. And in that, there's always a first aid kit, and there's always a group shelter, um, a boat repair kit, and some spare clothing. But which, whether I go for the big massive first aid kit or the little one, whether I go for the big repair kit or the little one, whether I go for just one or two layers or or loads of big warm stuff for the spare clothing will, as I say, depend a great deal on the weather but also on how long I intend to be out. There's a few other bits that will go in there. So if I'm particularly going anywhere that's more moderate and advanced conditions, I'll take a spare airbag, which means that if I or anybody else manages to pop one, we can still float, which is always very useful. I quite often will put some spare painters, uh, spare ropes and swim lines, those sorts of things in my bag. And I don't like to have loads and loads of rope hanging all over my boat. I don't like that snag hazard. So when I do put a rope on my boat, I put it on deliberately for that day, for that environment. But I do then carry a few extra bits in my bag so that if I need them, I've got them. If I want to build a great big raft, I've got a few painters hanging around that I can do that with. Okay. And and Jenna, with with this large bag, you know, the other day I heard the term uh, leash, lash and loose. How would you fix it? Do you fix it in your craft or in your canoe or, or what's your choices that you have? So again, it does depend a lot on where I am and what I'm doing. I, most of the time, if I'm in a moderate environment or an advanced environment, will have it attached one way or another, purely because it's got my first aid kit in it. Um, it's got the kit I need to look after my group and I don't want to lose it. If I'm white watering, it will be lashed down to the bottom of my boat, so it's stuck there. Um, if I'm open watering, it will be on a leash that's probably a metre, metre and a half or thereabouts, so that 
it's long enough that I can the boat can be emptied and sorted and I can get myself back in it and then pull my bag back in and um, and get back on my way if I'm just paddling in sheltered water or you know and I say a moderate open water environment and I'm I'm feeling pretty confident I quite often just leave it loose because that's actually the most convenient I can pick it up and chuck it on my back really quickly and easily one other thing so in my actual boat so outside of the bag I've got a spare paddle usually at least one and and I tend to keep that personally I'll keep it on top of my front air bag which means it's really quickly grabbable if I uh, if I drop one sometimes I'll take a couple of spares especially if I feel like I might decide to change paddling style and take a couple of different paddles with me okay um I've got my baler um and a sponge and and the size of that baler will kind of depend again on where I am it might be a um a kind of couple of liters container if I'm white watering or uh, if I'm just uh, somewhere where it might rain and I get a bit of water and I want it out again if I'm in open water and I and I think there's a, a reasonable chance that I might need to bail a lot of water then I take a massive great squishy bucket and that's really good at, uh, at really quick bailing if I'm white watering I've got my throw line in there and that's either on a waist belt or just tucked uh, with my airbag at the back of the boat so it's really quick for me to grab and go and then if I'm open watering I might have my sailing kit um, and some some spare bits of rope for setting up and maybe a tarp for setting up a group sail as well. In terms of that um, are you carrying poles on white water or or you you know does it depend on the environment and one of the things you know around poles as well is I have some I have seen some people carry them that it almost feels like if they stop suddenly it would almost spear them. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on poles? Do you carry them? Where do you carry them? Yeah, so I don't always carry them. I definitely I don't like doing anything as an always. Um so I'll I'll make a decision based on do I actually think I'm likely to want it today? Um and if I am, then again I tend to store it on top of my airbags, but I'll put them at an angle and I've got a little um elastic. Uh, sort of bungee that I can bungee them to the side of my boat so that they stay out the way but I totally agree that there are you know it's, there's definitely a a worry that it's a pretty long thing and it's pretty pretty metal and pretty solid so yeah um keeping it out of the way and keeping it so it's not going to hurt you is quite important and do you use them for rig up sails or yeah a bit of both so um as long as you've got two between you in a group you can make a really cool a-frame and put a tarp up there and get the whole group sailing um, and you can get get a good bit of speed up that's good fun but also i'll use it um, either in moving water environments for upstream or downstream travel and and sometimes actually in open water as well it can be really useful if you've got quite a shallow area it's getting a bit too shallow and annoying for paddling um, but for example it might be really windy and you're trying to hug hug the shore and stay out of the wind as much as you can so you kind of do a little bit of polling up there as well can i just um jenna can i just ask about you know you, you said about a tarp you know and mm. um, can you just explain what you mean by a tarp and what sort of size would you be carrying oh that's a good question so the one i take out most of the time is probably about four meters by three i guess so it's pretty chunky and it's basically just a really big sheet of material that's got lots of um, eyelets and loops all the way around the side 
so that you can use it for all sorts. You can either sort of gather up one side and put that as the top of your sail. You can use it on the bank. You can use it as a shelter. You can camp underneath it. So really multi, multi-use bit of kit. But they're, especially if they're that size, even a fairly lightweight bit of material, it's quite a chunky thing to carry around. So it's definitely uh, well designed for putting in canoes, possibly less so for smaller craft if I'm taking myself out. I think very carefully before I take a tarp with me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what else is on your list um, in terms of what you might what you might be carrying? In white water, I will definitely have in my bag um, a, a much sort of bigger pin kit. So some carabiners, some pulleys, some prosthetic loops um, and probably some extra bits of, of rope or throw lines as well. So that if we manage to get a boat stuck on a rock, we've got a, a fair bit of kit to be able to get it out. Hmm. Um, I can't keep all of that on my body because it would, I'd think. But um, yeah. so I tend to have the the absolute essentials in a, a small bit on me, and that was after um, a bit of a bit of learning where I'd managed to pin my boat, and I was the only one with a pin kit, and it was in my boat, so <laughs> I had to go and get it. So yeah, I try to keep a little bit on me so we can at least make a make a good start of getting the boat out and then all the the sort of the bigger kit lives in my bag and i think that's pretty much it there's food obviously food and drink and all those things that make life enjoyable when you're out on the water and and sometimes there'll be spare well certainly enough spare for me sometimes spare for the group as well but as a general rule i'll try and encourage my group to be self-sufficient to to bring their own sort of spare food and their own flasks and their own um, warm clothes etc so that I don't end up a carrying an entire boat full of spare kit for, for six people mm. uh, but also to try and breed some self-reliance as well and Jenna what's what's your choice of food you know I mean do you, <laughs> you know, does it differ white water to open water I'd imagine if it's open water you're not always going to land so um yeah be just interesting what, what's your choice what's my choice um so I like real food and so quite often in the winter, it was most likely to be a flask of soup and a really nice sort of chunky vegetable kind of soup that uh, is really warming and tasty, uh, but also pretty good in terms of lots of energy. In the summer, might be more likely to be sandwiches or I've never seen very far away from a pot of hummus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it seems to be a bit of a running joke amongst those that paddle with me now is that if I haven't got my hummus, they wonder what's wrong with me. <laughs> brilliant um, um drink wise coffee um coffee. lots of water and coffee <laughs> okay keeps me going the staple diet the coffee yeah coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about a pin kit um i'm just going back to what you were saying about pin kit we all probably understand that you know a pin kit is there to give you some advantage of pulling your boat off if it gets pinned but what what do you carry in your pin kit so I've got a couple of plastic loops. Mm-hmm. I've got four pulleys, uh, about half a dozen locking carabiners. And and then in the mini kit, I've got a couple of pulleys, a couple of carabiners and one plastic loop. So I've got enough to get a couple of ropes on a boat. Mm-hmm. And, and then if I'm paddling in more advanced environments, um, with a bit of luck, more than one of us will have some of that as well. So between us, we should be able to get a few lines onto a boat. Mm. I know there are people out there that will carry even more than that. 
for me, it's a compromise between how much do I want to carry around and weight-wise and how likely are we to be sticking boats on rocks. It does happen and it happens in the places you least expect it. But at the same time, there's an element of the better prepared you are in terms of paddling skill, the less likely you are to, to get yourself stuck somewhere. Mm. Um, and I was talking... Um... I was talking to uh, John Best recently around rafting and what they carry in their rafts. And he was talking about, you know, at times they ca they carry um, canyoning ropes. And I'm just wondering, you know, do you choose particular size, you know, throw lines, diameters of ropes, um, depending on the environments that you're going to be working in? So I definitely go for the thicker, chunkier uh, throw lines. I tend to use throw lines rather than canyoning rope because they're multi-use and and you know we can we do all sorts of things with them. Uh, personally, at the moment, I go with the peak ones. I think those are really good quality bags. They pack really easily. They throw really well, and they've got really good quality line in them. And yeah, that uh, at least at least one fifteen and one twenty with me. And again, it kind of depends on who else I'm paddling with and what they've got in their boats as well. Brilliant. Okay. A lot of information there, Jenna. You know, obviously, yeah, that's drawn on a huge amount of experience that you've got. But like all the others that I've spoken to around this particular series, Jenna, is there isn't a standard, I always carry this. This is about appropriate decision making and, you know, about thinking about the environment and who you're paddling with. So, you know, do you yeah, how do you go through that particular process? What what are your things you're ticking off? So um, I'm really lucky to have a little kit room at home where I've got all of my stuff in boxes on shelves. And then when I come home, I've got a little drying area in there. So I come home and everything gets dried out and then goes back away in its boxes. And I've got the box for canoeing and the box for supping and the box for when I'm running coaching courses, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really easy for me to get the appropriate size bag out and then just go through my box going, oh, I need that, oh, I don't need that, I need that, don't need that, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'm just deciding, well, do I do I want the big one or the small one? So if I'm just, for example, paddling um, fairly close to a base, then I might just take my little first aid kit out. If I'm going for a big expedition, then I'll take the giant first aid kit out that can sort out more than one incident over the course of a few days. Yeah. Um, the same goes with a pair kit. If I'm if I'm in an environment where if something breaks, we're probably just going to replace it for the day and then fix it later, then I don't take much of a repair kit, maybe just a few um, uh, cable ties and some power cord and a bit of gaffer tape and flex tape. If I'm, again, going expeditioning, then I need to be able to get a boat through several days' worth of paddling. So I'll go a bit chunkier on the repair kit. Jenna, just you know, one of the things that um just really aware of, you know, especially with the mode of the mode of transport, if you don't mind me calling it that, is you know, that's what it was originally designed for, is for, for journeying and voyaging, wasn't it? So in terms of navigation, um, if you've got to, what type of navigational things do you take with you? So I will always make sure that I've downloaded a map of where I'm going on my OS app on the phone. And then I'll always print out uh, an A4 sheet and, and the OS using that on the laptop is really, really cool. You can just find the area that you want, hit print, laminate it, jobs are good. In. Um, so that's that's a real game changer in terms of not having to go out and, and buy the sheet for the place where you're going. 
So, so I'll always have that. But I'll be totally honest, I tend to keep that in my boat in front of me so I can keep track of where I am. But if I really need to know, I will probably just go and get on the phone app because it's really quick and really easy. Hmm. And and if I'm stressed, if um, if things are going wrong, then it's one less thing to have to engage your brain on. That said, they're not always reliable. They're not always perfect. And you do need to um, just check and sort of go, oh, I don't think I'm actually there. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely in the water and you've got me halfway up a mountain. That's probably not right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it definitely requ it still requires using with a brain, not just hitting the button and going, where am I and being done with it? Yeah. I do carry a PLB as well sometimes. Um, okay. And that, again, depends on the environment I'm in and the people that I'm with. But it's something that, that I decided sort of about a year or so ago that would probably was becoming accessible to the point where I feel like it should be, it should probably be there. Mm. Um, I don't always carry it around. I don't carry it in sheltered water particularly, but if I'm somewhere a little bit more exciting, mm. then I'll take that with me. Yeah, and especially lone working as well, I'd have thought, you know, probably gives you that, you know, that personal location beacon is yes. just that not a get out of jail free card, but it's um, it's it's there as part of that risk mitigation process. Absolutely that. Mm. Hope you never use it. No, no, I'd hope I'd hope you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, just, you know, the wonderful, wonderful insight into um into the way that you set yourself up and the the processes you go around and i'm sure a lot of people listening are quite jealous of your kit room and able to uh, be able to select all those all those bits and pieces of kit as always we round off um the, you know the podcast with with some questions really and the first question for you jenna is um in the next 12 months what's on your what's on your tick list for personal paddling and why oh cool um i'm gonna upset you by not saying a canoe thing um and because i'm really excited about a week a week in anglesey with my sup in january um which i'm with a couple of really good friends and and really excited to hopefully get some nice weather that we can we can go and explore uh, the anglesey coastline we did the same last year and we ended up on the straits a lot because it was um, a little bit feisty but yeah really looking forward to that lovely and what at the moment are you are you focusing on for your own personal development so i've just started a master's in coach development mm -hmm. which is really exciting really challenging already um mm. but but yeah i'm i'm really excited to be looking at my own professional practice and i'm trying to just be as best as i can be really well, that's definitely going to keep you busy, isn't it? Yep, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> Jenna, thanks so much for your time. Much appreciated. And I'm sure everyone that was listening in then has, has thoroughly enjoyed it and gained huge amounts from your experience. So thanks very much and take care. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.